and welcome to the Healthy Aging Podcast, the podcast where we discuss practical tools to enhance your quality of life. Here's your host, Dr. Des. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Aging Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, uh, Dina Husseini, who is a community social worker based in the aged care sector uh, at a private hospital. Dina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Um, we were talking before, I hear that this is your very first podcast and that you're utterly excited to be here today. <laughs> Super excited, yes. <laughs> and so I think, uh, as I said, I think we'll, we'll have to get your picture at the end and, and get it signed so that when you become a superstar, uh, we can sell it off for some money. Um, welcome. I thought today we could talk about what people can do to stay independent and active at home in the community and what role community services uh, play in it being able to do that because that's a, I think that's a very difficult thing for people to navigate by themselves and so I think if we can give them some practical information that would go a long way. I think before we jump into that I think something to always ask a good question is what got you into being a social worker? It's a great question. Thank so you. I am um... The reason I became a social worker was because I guess ultimately I just want to be able to help um, people, um, just provide that advocacy um, for people that you know may not have anyone around or family members or carers and um, be that voice for them. Um, I think there's a lot of um, you know social issues that happen in the community and I want to be able to, to kind of um, help someone through the process of navigating, you know, community services or, you know, whatever it is that they need help with. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, you make an excellent point. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes we don't do it enough in medicine. We, we tend to sometimes focus on the condition when someone comes into hospital and treat their pneumonia or their heart attack, but we actually don't think about what do they need to stay active and independent in the community at home. And I think yeah. that's certainly where a social worker steps in to help fill that void. Um, so, you know, if I was to ask you one question, yeah. you know, I'm uh, my parents are in the community, they're frail, they're struggling at the moment. Um, I can't help and provide them enough support because I'm working full time, but they want to stay at home. What is sort of a, a piece of advice or recommendation that you would say to them? I call my aged care. <laughs> it's very like simple. Yeah, my aged care is kind of, it is a maze to kind of get to understand what they can actually provide and, and you know, what um, resources are available um, for, um, you know, uh, patients or people in the community. Um, I think, I mean, you, you make a, you know, you made the comment there that it is a maze, age, my age care. And I think it's the scary overarching entity that people are unfamiliar with and they don't know how to access and what sort of help it can provide for them. So, I mean, to start with, what is my age care? Um, so my aged care provides government subsidised services uh, and it can occur through kind of two avenues. You've got one that's Commonwealth um, Health Support Program, for short CHSB because I mumble <laughs> with the whole word, um, but also um, the age, uh, like home care packages, which is assessed by a different team as well. Um, so they're yeah, both assessed by different teams uh, and they both provide different things. Um, Common, the CHSB are more like entry level basic support and then uh, a kind of being assessed for a home care package um, that ACAT do 
uh, they it's a more comprehensive um, kind of assessment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so what you mean is that there's, you know, My Age Cares is government organisation, they provide you with community support and they have two avenues. One avenue, you know, they do very basic stuff, which sounds like it would be stuff like maybe cleaning or... Yeah. Um, any other services that they would do at a basic level? Yeah, yep. So there's a range of services. You can get personal care, um, allied, you know, assistance, um, whether it's OT, physiotherapy, um, dietitian, speech pathology. You've also got um, garden maintenance. Um, what else is there? Shopping, transport, meals. Um, so it's just a range of things mm. that they can offer. Um, yeah. And then the higher level um <clears throat> package or sort of services you were speaking about and, and you use the term ACAT which sort of refers to the aged care assessment team yeah they do more of the intensive care services and that would be stuff I would imagine like showering dressing anything else yeah so they the ACAT assess for home care packages and there's usually four levels to that um, level one, two, three, and four. Uh, each level um, is has different funding and it just depends on your care needs as well. Uh, so level one is just basic support and you get a certain amount of funding for that and a certain amount of hours. Um, and then you go level two, which is a bit more um, kind of entry level. Um, and then three, that's more uh, that you kind of need some more assistance uh, and four is like high level care. Um, and you get different funding for each. Yeah. And so... My understanding is that you have to be 65 years or older to access it. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah. So okay. 65 years or older and for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, it's 50 years and older. I think that the challenge that I face, particularly with the patients I see in the community, is that they don't like to accept that they need help because mm. they think that once they start to need help, then that's almost like, you know, they're defeated. They don't mm. like other people coming into their home. Yeah what are some tips or tricks or advice that you would give to those people um it's okay to ask for help like i don't think you're not admitting defeat you're just kind of accepting the limitations um you know of what you can and can't do um and getting help will kind of ensure that you stay independent for longer and be able to kind of live a healthier life than try, you know struggling and trying to sort out doing things yourself um yeah. Yeah, I, I love that comment that you just made that it's it's not about admitting defeat. It's actually about recognizing your own limitations and you know putting measures in place to optimize that so that you can actually continue to live at home and be independent. I think the unfortunate thing that I see very often in terms of my patients is that those that don't want to uh, admit that and mm. accept that help unfortunately go on this sort of slippery slope where they start to become more frail, more yeah. deconditioned, they need more help. And then all of a sudden it's at a point where they're no longer able to remain at home. And so therefore we are talking about things like aged care placement, which, you know, people prefer to stay at home. Mm. So, so what are some tips or what are some um, sort of warning signs that, either an individual or the partner of an individual, the family members should sort of be aware of that someone maybe is becoming a bit more frail and, and needs some extra help at home to help support them. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, so I think if you already kind of have those concerns or, or thoughts i think having a discussion with your loved one um, is the first step in you know seeing how they're managing at home and 
if they need that assistance, but also um, kind of getting in touch with my aged care um, and giving them a call and kind of letting them know that, you know, you've got a loved one that, you know, is probably a bit um, needing some extra help at home uh, and would benefit with increased services. And they'll be able to help you and assist in um, what the right, I guess, um, avenue to take with that. I think, uh, I mean, we're all about being proactive on the mm. on the Healthy Aging podcast. And I say that, you know, we never want to be reactive to a condition. We never want to wait for there to be a problem to therefore address that problem. We want to try and put some measures in place to stop someone from becoming frail and unwell before they even happen. Yeah. And I think exactly as you just said then, I think that if people are having the thoughts of, does my loved one need some extra help and support at home, then that should be the catalyst to then look at exploring what services and options there are. Yeah. I think, you know, just to reinforce, you know, I love that comment that you said about it, how it's not to fit. And so having an open dialogue and discussion with the family, I think mm. is really important. Yeah. I think um, it doesn't happen all that often, unfortunately, because I think some people feel ashamed. Mm. Um, and it's almost like Pandora's box that they're afraid to open it up because they don't know what might be seen. But yep. the reality is if we don't do that, then things can be much worse and harder to rectify in the future. Yeah. So you made the point then about, you know, if you're worried or concerned that you should contact my aged care. So, so you know, how do we access or get in contact with my aged care? Yeah, so they've got, you can either do it two ways. Um, you can give them a call on their 1-800 um, number. I can give you the whole thing if you like. Yeah, no, I think what we might do, um, so as you said, phone call, I, yeah. I think we, we might put it up on our website, yeah. uh, all the contact details and information. Yeah because um, I think that'd be really useful for our listeners. Yeah. So 1-800 yeah. number, any yep. other means? Um, so you can go on the My Age Care website. So actually anyone can refer to My Age Care, whether it's a self-referral or a loved one doing it on someone's behalf, um, and you just go and apply online uh, and they'll ask you questions and, and you submit it and then just wait for a phone call um, about what, you know, uh, who, which assessment team's going to come out and do the assessment. And um, you made a good point there that anyone can submit a, a My Age Care mm. referral. I think most people think it has to be a doctor or yeah. someone or a social worker, yeah. but that's not the case. It, you know, if, if it's you know your parent, your neighbour, if you're worried or concerned about them, anyone can submit it. Yeah. And from my experience, it's a set of questions that talk about all different facets of a person's health. Is yep. that right? Yes. Yeah. What, what type of questions will they be asked? Um, so the questions that they'll ask is, you know, how you're managing at home, if you do need it, um, if you were kind of previously getting assistance for it, um, or if you feel like that you need assistance with whatever it is that you may um, require support for. Um, kind of your social history, your family, your network, um, just kind of holistically looking at your, um, your, I guess, um, uh, situation and you as a person as well and seeing what supports outside of, you know, um, services you've got uh, and then filling in those gaps. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, my little word of advice for having to fill it out for my own members of my family is to be very honest with the answers to the questions. Mm. I think that there's a bit of a, um, some people want to be a bit stoic and so they would underplay the amount of help or support or mm. how much they're struggling at home. But I think the more accurate the assessment you provide to the answers to the questions, 
the more likely you are to be able to have someone come out and assess you and try and match your care needs. That's yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, <coughs> it's a rating scale. People talk about how dependent they are. They then submit this application and then someone makes contact with them to come out to do an assessment. Yeah. And, it's, and as we spoke about before, it'll be one of two assessment teams. It'll be either an assessment team that's looking at just some basic services yeah. like cleaning, transport, and then the other side will be the more, you know, intensive services, which are things like showering and yeah. assistance with um, personal care needs. Mm. And then you, you spoke very briefly about, you know, there's four levels. Yeah. And so there's one, two, three, and four. And so one is the lowest level and four is the highest level. You know, I'd be interested to know what happens if I'm on a level one, but I actually need much more services than yeah. what I can currently receive in sort of w what should someone be doing from that perspective yeah so once you're approved and assigned a home care package so let's say it's a level one um, you usually kind of get in uh, touch with one service provider who will be able to to um, manage your package and provide the service um, so to be able to move from a level one to a two you need to exhaust all your funding from the level one and then your service provider will help you in um, kind of applying for a reassessment for a higher package uh, so if you feel that your care needs have changed changed and that you need you know a higher package talk to your service provider your case manager who's allocated um, and uh, have it have that discussion with them because what they can do is either reshuffle um, your package and, and services um, use up all the funding and then refer you for a reassessment so I think uh, just to, to reiterate what you said so it's really it's not as if you need to contact necessarily my age care again yeah. and submit another application for another assessment because you now have a service provider you can just go directly through them yeah. and, and they'll help advocate yeah. for you so, yeah. I mean you can do either really like you can go through the my age care but you've got to make sure that you've um, your funding for mm. the packages is um, used up okay. before doing that yeah. yeah and and you talked a little bit about you know, you might need some help on certain levels, um, depending on what package you're allocated. So, how do you how do you find a service provider? <laughs> my Age Care again, the <laughs> website. <laughs> Are you sponsored by My Age Care? Oh, I should be. I think. Yeah, I, I just want to let all our listeners know out there that we're not. Uh, they don't uh, provide us with any funding. No. So. no. Um, but yeah, if you go onto their website, you can go and find a provider. You just pop in your suburb um, and then the service type, and then it will give you a list of providers in that area. Or you can contact them and, and, and find out, you know, what um, service providers are available. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the easiest way. Or if you have friends that have, you know, home care packages and, and are with a certain service provider, you can ask them about, you know, how they feel with um, that certain provider if they're happy with them um, and get advice that way. Yeah, yeah. It, it's almost like finding a, a good GP or a good doctor. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you're going to do your research online, see if you can find someone. But the other way you're going to do it is obviously through word of mouth. Yeah. Um, that's good advice. Um, so the other question I wanted to ask you is that, you know, what about if someone is socially isolated in the community you know, they have a loved one who is in another country or something, or they have no family, no next of kin. Is there, I know you work in a sort of community private hospital setting. 
What about, is there anything in, is there a deaner in the community that can help? Absolutely. Ah, so, um, but not as good as you, obviously. No, of course not. <laughs> I know there, I'm sure there'll be plenty, but it's, um, it's called the GP social work program. So people can be referred to this by their GP. Um, and, uh, it gives you access to a social worker in the community to kind of navigate my age care um, to uh, access, you know, services or if you're feeling a bit isolated, if you're experiencing any homelessness, um, kind of any social issues, um, they'll be able to assist you um, in the community. Uh, but you do need to go to your GP and they have to put in that referral. Um, yeah, to access that. Okay, so it's really the GP that puts in the referral because it's yeah. not something that they can access by themselves. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. All right. No problem. We've spoken a lot, Dina, about how to access my aged care and how to sort of navigate the system. What about people who are from non-English speaking backgrounds? Is there any services or uh, programs that they can access to help? Yeah, so I th you can call um, the translating and interpreting service um, and then just explain what language you speak and they'll be able to put you through um, to my aged care in that specific language. And um, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. That's really helpful. And I think we'll, we'll make sure we put that number and that information up on the website so that uh, people can access it. Um, so from your point of view, what are three... Sorry, what are three tips that people can do to stay proactive about retaining their independence for longer? Great question. I've got, I'm yeah, full of great questions. Yeah, I know, we're on a roll today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think the first one is to stay active, um, like not only that it helps like your emotional and mental well-being, but also physically and will be able to kind of maintain your independence for longer, um, but also value social connections So making sure that, you know, um, you're interacting with family members or volunteering, um, engaging in activities that you enjoy. Um, and I think the last, which is like the most important one is is you know asking for help so again we did mention before it's not really admitting defeat it's just um accepting you know certain limitations and and um it's okay whether you get that through your family or through my age care the services are there to kind of help um and it will contribute to your overall like well-being and uh yeah independence yeah absolutely i, I love those three sort of values or or principles that people can sort of try and adhere to to stay independent for longer i think you know in terms of physical activity i always like to use the mentality if you don't use it you lose it yeah. you know so it's important <laughs> to push yourself and, and try and stay mobile because once you stop doing that you know, it leads to a world of complications. Yeah. Um, and I don't think people truly realise the value of social connection and how mm. fundamentally important that is to our mood, our mental health, our cognition, our memory, everything at all. And I think those two first points about staying active and social connection, some of that can actually be facilitated and supported through some of the services that you can access through My Age Care, yeah. which is just sort of another reason that it's not as if, you need to be functionally dependent and need help with showering and dressing. It can be just about social engagement yeah. and physical activity. Yep. Well, Dina, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. You've Thanks. been fantastic. I'm going to get my grandparents to listen to it because <sighs> certainly there's a few things that they should hopefully take away about with this. Um, but could you leave us once again with one word of advice that if people could take away from today that you want them to have. Hmm. 
Uh, one word of advice is um, really the best place to start if you do, you know, need some help is is to contact my aged care. Um, I think it's yeah, just the. Yeah. It's a good starting point, yeah. as you said. You yeah. know, it's it's a starting point, and then from there you can access all different levels of services and support. Yeah, Dino, we always have a, a question at the end. Um, that we give to our special guests on the episode. And today's question has been submitted by Bob. And Bob lives in Perth and he's asked a very interesting question about my aged care and the services. He's asked, can you double dip? And I, I, I think what he means by that is, and he's, he's wearing a little bit of a longer note here, but he's, he's pretty much saying his wife is experiencing, um, is receiving services and he's asking about if they don't use all those services and that funding, whether he can access some of it for himself as well. Honestly, I wish it worked like that, <laughs> but unfortunately not. You need to be assessed yourself um, to get a, you know access to a package um, for yourself. Yeah, you can't double dip. Okay, yeah. that's a shame. No, but, I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if Bob needs some help, he needs to submit his own My Age Care referral. Yeah. But, I mean, you can benefit from, let's say, the domestic assistance. Um, but yeah, if it's personal care or nursing assistance, then you'd need your own package yeah. to access that. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much, Dina, for coming on to the episode today. We've learnt an incredible amount, and I am going to make sure that uh, my grandparents in particular listen to your wise words of advice. Hopefully you've had a good time and, and enjoyed being here today. Yes, thank you for having me. I have. It wasn't as traumatic as I thought it would be. <laughs> I'm excited to uh, get that signed uh, picture of you. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Um, so, look, uh, we'll put all the information that Dina has given us today onto our website, which is at www.healthyagingpodcast.com. Uh, and as my auntie always says, you can't help getting older, but you don't have to get old. This podcast is proudly supported by Geriatric Care Australia. The content on this podcast should not be taken as medical advice and should not replace the care provided by your physician. The podcast is for informational purposes only. Due to each individual's unique circumstances, please consult your health professional for any medical advice or treatment.